we do believe that the dominoes have fallen. It's very clear with the states that are legal that recreational and adult use will be coming to the remaining states. It's just a matter of time. So I, I think the risk profile is a lot lower getting in now. Maybe the returns will be somewhat lower than they were earlier for the risk takers, but the clear catalysts are there. Uh, earnings and profitability is going up because of the scale. M&A is going to reduce costs, increase margins. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on MJ Bulls Podcast, we are continuing this year's Cannabis Investor Series with Rod Steffen, the partner at Altitude Investment Management. Rod, welcome to the show. Dan, thanks very much for having me. Well, it was nice to meet you, and I'm glad you could do this today. I know from previous interviews I've had with your colleagues that you invest in both plant-touching and non-plant-touching companies, but you only invest in best-of-class foundational companies. And I thought to get things started, maybe you could define what a foundational cannabis company looks like. Well, thank you for, for that introduction. We are following the evolution of the industry. Originally, it was pretty much a mom-and-pop industry due to regulatory challenges. And what's happened is at this point in time, the industry has evolved to a stage where the winners are getting more easy to identify. And we were fortunate enough to, to pick, for instance, a couple of companies, EMAC in Europe, which was recently purchased by Cureleaf, and um, a predecessor to Cureleaf, uh, Grassroots, because they had best-in-class management and execution, which we were able to recognize early on. And um, the M&A wave that's hitting the industry now has fortunately resulted in attractive returns for us. That's really cool. Like I've said this on other shows, if you look for a solid management team that's had some experience, maybe some exits in the past, it's usually a good indication that they're on the right track. Following that strategy, you seem to have built a very diverse portfolio. Can you tell us a little bit about your portfolio? Yeah, as you alluded to, we have investments that touch the plant, i.e. highly regulated uh, THC, as well as ancillary businesses that uh, don't touch the plant. It could be seed to sale software, it could be genetics company, could be what's described in Europe as wellness, which is uh, cannabidiol or CBD, uh, mm -hmm. somewhat regulated, but not as highly regulated as THC. We have about 20 companies, probably around 60 million in market value right now, some of which have had exits in the public markets or, or been acquired. Others are still continuing to evolve and, and build their businesses. But we do see this continued M&A surge that we've seen in 2021 as something that's going to only continue uh, going forward. So a lot of the early investments that you made are now coming to the table as a possible M&A acquisition? Yeah, I think as most industries evolve, there was a lot of hype when the taxi drivers are talking about it. Everybody starts getting involved. Anybody that gets a license thinks that they can print Bitcoin or something. The reality is that as any industry evolves, and cannabis is just like any other industry, you have to start paying attention to cash flows and to being profitable. You can continue to finance growth if you can raise capital, but if you have excessive cost structures and you have to continue to build, and all of a sudden the market window closes for capital raising, you can find yourself in a lot of trouble. Yes, we see those companies that are being driven 
to M&A for cost savings, for consolidation, for scale as something that's been happening in the industry and will continue to happen. Yeah, I think that's, like you said, it follows the same pattern that other industries have followed. I'm sure you get a lot of applications. What are two or three things that companies should include in their applications so that it gets on your radar? <laughs> you know, we get a ton of inquiries. We believe that the industry has evolved more and more. It's very hard for two guys and, and a piece of paper to start a new business. Most market niches have been filled the competition is there and it's difficult. So it's no longer just angel money and seed money. We're moving on to identifying those winners in Series A, Series B, Series C's financings and bigger money. Mm-hmm. But we look, uh, obviously, as you alluded to, for a management team that has been successful before. The experience curve, even if it's outside of this industry, is something that we know I'd rather bet on than not. It's very important for us to to know that there's a board of directors and that investors are represented at the management level and at the board level. So for us, it's very important to have a say. Generally speaking, we believe in cross-fertilization of ideas, of contacts, of best practices. So we like to be more involved than less involved in helping our companies where we can. And that gives, in general, private equity and venture capital funds a leg up on the private investor who's just buying shares in a public company, for instance. You make a good point there that it's getting really tricky. I know I speak to a lot of individual investors and family offices that are getting frustrated because most of the good deals sort of stay within this club of cannabis and VCs. Is it pretty common for you to participate with other VCs on deals? It's very common. One of the things that we find is that there is a club. It's not just a closed club, but you'll partner with different private equity or venture cap firms on different deals. The amount of due diligence necessary to make a good investment cannot be uh, overestimated. And sometimes uh, we may take the lead on behalf of another fund, and they may take the lead for us on on another deal. Mm -hmm. And in that respect, we're able to dig deeper on each specific deal. And Clearly, there are some times where it helps to have majority control of a tranche of preferred equity or of convertible notes so that you have more leverage with the company in terms of amendments and other issues that they might want to raise. So mm-hmm. I think it's very important to be able to work with other large investors. And that's something that we and, and other large funds are able to do. And plus, once you build that relationship, you kind of trust where their strengths are. And you can say, these guys really understand this. If they've made the decision to invest, we don't need to do that extra due diligence. Is that- well, yes and no. We learn the strengths of our friends in the industry as well as their weaknesses. But as fiduciaries, we still have to dot the I's and cross the T's. We do get to meet with management in every single case. We kick the tires. And although we'll let someone else take the lead, that's they take it 80% of the way. And then everybody layers in before transactions are closed. Let's talk about sectors that maybe have the big upside. As, as things have changed, as the industry has evolved, there's probably some opportunities on the horizon. What sectors do you see having the biggest upside over the next year or so? Well, there are some attractive catalysts in the United States for the multi-state operators, the MSOs. We've seen them start to consolidate and buy the, the smaller companies as they expand their geographic reach and try to get national footprints. I I alluded to Cureleaf 
earlier, True Leaf is one, True Leaf as well as Cresco and others. And that scale allows them certain efficiencies that will allow them not only to cut costs through that acquisition, but to increase their return on equity and their cash flows. So MSOs, I, I think, are going to continue to be very attractive. Also, we do believe that the dominoes have fallen. It's very clear with the states that are legal that recreational and adult use will be coming to the remaining states. It's just a matter of time. So I, I think the risk profile is a lot lower getting in now. Maybe the returns will be somewhat lower than they were earlier for the risk takers, but the clear catalysts are there. Uh, earnings and profitability is going up because of the scale. M&A is going to reduce costs, increase margins. And we have a growing addressable market with the legal market gaining from the illegal market in all these states as well. That's the golden goose. Everyone knows that the money's there. It just needs to transition from the illicit market over to the legal market. Before we wrap, let's talk about if I'm an investor, what are some of the other advantages of working with Altitude Investment Management? I and my partners all come from the institutional side of the business. And as this industry grows to become more institutional, our backgrounds are, are very much aligned with the interests of the investor. We have managed uh, billions and billions of dollars before. Our back office, how we process trades, our risk monitoring is something that you don't see and you don't hear about it from other funds. But we've been there and we've done it before. That's one thing. Also, we have, most of us come from a distressed, illiquid environment in the past. So we're used to dealing with the illiquidity that one faces sometimes in the cannabis industry. And I think those two factors will differentiate us a lot in this industry. And finally, I was the head of research for illiquid assets for Citadel, a large hedge fund in Chicago, or global hedge fund. And just the ability to dig deep and go through restructurings when necessary, that's something that we have a ton of experience in. And I believe that that will inure to the benefit of our investors. You're the first person that's ever said that to me about bad investments. And I couldn't agree with you more. I think just because they're not performing doesn't mean that you just forget about them. I'm, I'm glad that you said that. We have all of Altitude's contact information in the show notes. So if you're a company that's looking for growth capital or you're an investor that wants to consider working with Altitude Investment Management, click the link. I'm sure somebody from Rodstein will be happy to speak with you. Rod, it's been great getting to know you. Thanks for being on the show today. Dan, thanks very much. Look forward to catching up again. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.